to Move Forth with Grace. I'm so glad you're here to immerse yourself into God's Word and to open your heart to His lessons today so that the wisdom of God can move through you and into the lives of those around you and continue in generations to come. Welcome, welcome. Today's podcast is brought to you by Neverbands. These are medical freedom bracelets I created for adults and children. I teamed with a medical ID jewelry company in Texas so that you can equip yourself and your family against the unethical enforcement of the experimental COVID-19 injection and any future injections that might come our way, no matter what situation you find yourselves in. By wearing these, we can band together to preserve our medical freedom. Get yours today at www.neverbands.shop. It is also brought to you by the Move Forth brand. On my website, you can find tips on freedom, health, and grace, and ways that I might be helpful to you and your family. My website is www.move-forth.com. I'm reading from the Founders Bible. It is a new American Standard Bible that does include historical documents from the Founders era. Truly is a beautiful Bible for you and your family, and you can find one at www.foundersbible.com. I'm also following the five-day Bible reading plan. You can download and print a copy if you'd like to follow along at www.5daybiblereading.com. Well, today is day 238, and if this is your first time finding the podcast, welcome. We have been reading the Bible in a year here, and you can absolutely join in today and finish out the rest of this year with us for sure. And there's no... I, I don't want anyone to feel like they have to wait until the beginning of the year. That's only a few weeks away at this point. Um, but I don't want you to think that you have to wait to start. So you can absolutely just jump in right now and then pick up on all the episodes. After you finish out this year, you can pick up on all the other episodes before this one. Or you can just say, you know what, I, I'm going to just go ahead and declare that today is my first day and go to the day one episode right now and get started. Either way. Just happy to have you here. So um, if you've been here since the beginning, thank you so much. Uh, we, are, we are doing this. We are intentionally spending time with God and his word. So thank you so much for doing this. All right, well, today we're going to be reading Ezra 5 through 6, Psalm 95, and 3 John. Ezra chapter 5, Temple Work Resumed. When the prophets Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Iddo, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, who was over them, then Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, arose and began to rebuild the house of God, which is in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. At that time, Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Shether Bozani and their colleagues came to them and spoke to them thus, who issued you a decree to rebuild this temple and to finish this structure. Then we told them accordingly what the names of the men were who were re reconstructing this building. But the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews, and they did not stop them until a report could come to Darius, and then a written reply be returned concerning it. Adversaries write to Darius. This is the copy of the letter which Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Shethar Bozani and his colleagues, the officials who were beyond the river, sent to Darius the king. They sent a report to him in which it was written thus, To Darius the king, all peace. Let it be known to the king that we have gone to the province of Judah, 
to the house of the great God, which is being built with huge stones, and beams are being laid in the walls. And this work is going on with great care and is succeeding in their hands. Then we asked those elders and said to them thus, Who issued you a decree to rebuild this temple and to finish this structure? Who also asked them their names, so as to inform you, and that we might write down the names of the men who were at their head? Thus they answered us, saying, We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our fathers had provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this temple and deported the people to Babylon. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house of God. Also, the gold and silver utensils of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and brought them to the temple of Babylon, these King Cyrus took from the temple of Babylon, and they were given to one whose name is Sheshbazar, whom had appointed, whom he had appointed governor. He said to him, Take these utensils, go and deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be rebuilt in its place. Then that Sheshbazar came and laid the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem, and from then until now it has been under construction and is not yet completed. Now, if it pleases the king, let a search be conducted in the king's treasure house, which is there in Babylon. If it be that a decree was issued by King Cyrus to rebuild this house of God at Jerusalem, and let the king send to us his decision concerning this matter. Darius finds Cyrus's decree, chapter 6. Then King Darius issued a decree, and search was made in the archives where the treasures were stored in Babylon. In Ekbatana, in the fortress, which is in the province of Media, a scroll found, and there was written in it as follows, Memorandum. In the first year of King Cyrus, Cyrus the king issued a decree. Concerning the house of God at Jerusalem, let the temple, the place where sacrifices are offered, be rebuilt, and let its foundations be retained, its height being sixty cubits, and its width sixty cubits with three layers of huge stones and one layer of timbers, and let the cost be paid from the royal treasury. And let the gold and silver utensils of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and brought to Babylon, be returned and brought to their places in the temple in Jerusalem, and you shall put them in the house of God. Now therefore, Tatanai, governor of the province beyond the river, Shethar Bozani and your colleagues, the officials of the provinces beyond the river, keep away from there. Leave this work on the house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, I issue a decree concerning what you are to do for these elders of Judah in the rebuilding of this house of God. The full cost is to be paid to these people from the royal treasury out of the taxes of the provinces beyond the river, and that without delay. Whatever is needed, both young bulls, rams, and lambs, for a burnt offering to the God of heaven, and wheat, salt, wine, and anointing oil, as the priests in Jerusalem request, it is to be given to them daily without fail, that they may offer acceptable sacrifices to the God of heaven, and pray for the life of the king and his sons. 
And I issued a decree that any man who violates this edict, a timber shall be drawn from the ho- his house, and he shall be impaled on it, and his house shall be made a refuse heap on account of this. May the God who has caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who attempts to change it, so as to destroy this house of God in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have issued this decree. Let it be carried out with all diligence. The temple completed and dedicated. Then Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, Shethar Bozani and their colleagues carried out the decree with all diligence, just as King Darius had sent. And the elders of the Jews were successful in building through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Iddo. And they finished building according to the command of the God of Israel and the decree of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. This temple was completed on the third day of the month of Adar. It was the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. And the sons of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of this house of God with joy. They offered for this dedication of this temple of God 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs, and as a sin offering for all Israel, 12 male goats, corresponding to the number of tribes in Israel. Then they appointed the priests to their divisions and the Levites in their orders for the service of God in Jerusalem, as it is written in the book of Moses. The Passover observed. The exiles observed the Passover on the 14th of the first month. For the priests and the Levites had purified themselves together. All of them were pure. Then they slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the exiles, both for their brothers, the priests, and for themselves. The sons of Israel, who returned from exile, and all those who had separated themselves from the impurity of the nations of the land to join them, to seek the Lord God of Israel, ate the Passover. And they observed the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy. For the Lord had caused them to rejoice, and had turned the heart of the king of Assyria toward them to encourage them in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. Psalm 95, Praise to the Lord and Warning Against Unbelief O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods, in whose hand are the depths of the earth. The peaks of the mountains are his also. The salt is his, for it was he who made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as at Meribah, as in the day of Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me. They tried me, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation, and said, They are a people who err in their heart, and they do not know my ways. Therefore I swore in my anger, Truly they shall not enter into my rest. The Third Letter of John You Walk in Truth Chapter 1 the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. 
Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth, that is, how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers, and they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support such men, so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does unjustly, accusing us with wicked words, and not satisfied with us. He himself does not receive the brethren either, and he forbids those who desire to do so, and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself, and we had our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write you, but I am not willing to write them to you with pen and ink, but I hope to see you shortly, and we will speak face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. And those are our readings for today. So just reading a little bit of background here on the third letter of John, uh, the purpose is so is this. If you have something important to say, probably the best way to say it is to wrap it up inside a person and send them. If anyone knew the importance and reality of the incarnational, in, incarnational gospel, it was the Apostle John, known here as simply the Elder. John was the disciple who laid his head on Jesus' chest when they were reclining at a meal one night. I imagine being able to hear the heartbeat of God does something to you. If we look at his life, it certainly did. Truth, especially if it is meant to be lived out, truth is more caught than taught. There has always been a relational gospel, which is why I love how John ends both of these last two letters. There is much that he could write, but he would much sooner be able to speak face to face. These are look you in the eye and be able to tell what's going on in your soul kinds of truth. John is writing to Gaius, most likely one of the leaders in one of the churches in the area, commending him for his faithfulness, generosity, and hospitality. Conversely, he's not too thrilled about Diotrephes, who is arrogant, insecure, disrespectful, inhospitable, contentious, willing to speak ill and slander even John. Glad he is in charge of one of the churches. Real helpful. Not helpful at all. In Matthew 23, 37 through 39, and Luke 13, 31 through 35, Jesus laments and reveals something profound when he communicates how the people have in effect missed their day of visitation because of their failure to perceive that moment their house would be left to them desolate, and from then on, they would not see him again until they say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The truth is this, 
If we want to see the house of the Lord built and revealed in our midst, it starts with receiving the stone the builders rejected, the chief cornerstone, Jesus. And is just so and it just so seems that he has chosen to hide himself in the lives of those around us and in the ones he sends. To the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the last of them, you did it to me. Matthew twenty five forty. If you want to see Jesus, realize in one respect, he is all around you. It starts by receiving people with gracious hospitality and love. Gaius and Demetrius are praised for the kind of lives and hearts they are expressing for all to see. Diotrephes, John suggests, that those who do evil have not seen God. The two go hand in hand. If if we but get a glimpse of Jesus, truly being able to behold him with our soul, it's in that moment that we are changed, transformed, prospered. We unlock that possibility by loving others. When we fail to do that, it's pretty simple. We're not beholding him. If we can't see him, we're not very good at being like him. Perhaps that's because we are failing to look with the eyes of love. When you can see him, it's not very hard to do what he does. Look and live. That's his heartbeat for us. I'm thinking John knew that. That sentence, hearing the heartbeat of God. Yes, I do think that would do something to someone, wouldn't it? That would definitely uh, affect someone's life very deeply. And that's beautiful how in conclusion, when you can see him, it's not very hard to do what he does. Look and live. That's his heartbeat for us. Those who do evil do not have not seen God. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. You know, it's it's actually sad to think about people that have not seen God. We can drop judgment, drop um, frustration or anger or confusion. We can drop all of that and imagine because I kind of feel like a lot of us have been there who are, who are reading this together, we've, we've been in a place where we weren't seeing God. I know I know I have. I know that I haven't always uh, seen God in my life and felt him in my heart, and that was my own doing. And now to imagine people in our lives and the people that we don't know, um, just to imagine that they, they don't see him. It's sad, isn't it? And so if we can put all of our judgments, put all of our insecurities, um, worries, fear, all of those things aside and work in service to God to plant seeds about Jesus, not expecting anything in return, just planting seeds so that they can see God too. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together today and each day that we have had so far. We truly appreciate 
your living word that we get to be nourished by, that our soul can be nourished by. Thank you. Thank you for the, uh, let's see, what is the word? For the stirring, the stirring of our souls that this word creates the questions that arise within our souls, the time that it allows us to pray and to sit with you and to ask for your guidance and to see how you then work within our lives. That's, that is what we get. We get to see you in our lives. By reading your word, by nourishing our souls, thank you. Thank you for that gift so that we may see you, that we may praise your name, that we may show you our love and appreciation just as you have loved us. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for being here. Look and live. That is his heartbeat for us. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.